The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, guys, this is uh, Daniel Ward. I'm the student pastor here at Fellowship, and I'm here with Julian Martinez, our interim pastor. And I uh, just want to start off by saying, man, that was an awesome Sunday, wasn't it? Uh, it, was a, it was powerful, for it was, sure. It was a, it was an, we had an awesome attendance. We had The sermon was powerful, by the way, man. I thought you did an awesome job unpacking yeah. that and, and, and delivering that message. It was really good. The whole thing was great. Yeah, and then the testimony video, that, that just like... Very powerful. It just drove it home, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so great day uh, in church yesterday. I enjoyed it. I love coming to church all the time, but when we have days like yesterday, man, it just really energizes me. And I feel like there's like this, there's this energy in in, in our in our church that's Definitely. going on right now. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. I've heard that from yeah. people. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, as we normally do, we we like to kind of get together and talk through our our the sermon and uh, and have a couple of questions I thought we'd go over today. All right. So number one. Uh, you know, you talked a lot about uh, God. You, you even said this. God has always been in the business of bringing dead things to life. And uh, I think it was a powerful statement. I believe that. Uh, and you talked a lot about what that looks like in the in the spiritual sense. And I think a lot of people get that. What do you think that looks like in the physical sense? Because I think there's like there's a little bit of taboo that goes mm-hmm. along with that topic. You know, there's this charismatic movement that, that kind of... Mm-hmm goes towards a certain direction with that and then baptists sometimes we we run the opposite direction because we don't want to look like we're part of that we don't look like we're affiliated with the charismatic movement so uh in in your belief what is what does physical healing look like today yeah so like i said in the sermon you know i quoted from hebrews where it says jesus is the same today or yesterday today and forever and i firmly believe that i believe if we serve a god who you know, has done some things one way in the Bible, then why wouldn't he continue to do them uh, today? Because he doesn't change. Now, I do believe the need for certain things change and cultures change. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, in the days of the apostles, there was some miracles happening, but it was to authenticate who they were and the message and everything like that. But I don't think that takes away from the fact that God is a God of healing. God is a God of resurrection you know, just like the story we saw or that I read about the boy who had drowned and came back to life. That was a thing of God. Right. He, 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 okay. he absolutely did that in the physical. And so, but I also, you know, I understand that, like I said in the sermon, there some people want to treat God like this magical genie where you just, you know, ask God for whatever miracle and he has to grant it to you because you have enough faith or whatever. So we can't at all will something to happen that's not the way god works you know god god only works in his power how he chooses to for his purposes and so i i do i i do want to affirm that i believe that god heals people absolutely and sometimes even brings them back to the dead why i do not know but i i would i would have to say that that's an absolute belief that i have that god works in those ways right and within the context like you said that there's no one person or multiple people that just have this gift to will that to happen. They can't just, you know, say, you know what, I want to heal this person today and I'm going to do that, right? And so, what would be the purpose of that? Exactly, exactly. And so, um, 
I think that's, that's I agree with that 100%. All right, let me ask you this. I'm sure there, there's people out there who, hope, who are hoping and praying for physical healing, either for themselves or someone they love. And we know that sometimes God chooses not to bring physical healing for some people. What would you say to those people? Yeah, so I think what, one thing we have to totally understand, and this goes far beyond even healing. It goes about how we trust God to uh, how we trust God in the direction of our lives. And so when when certain when God chooses to do certain things, you know, we don't get to be a we we don't get to choose those things. God does. And I and I and I and I do think those those come on certain purposes. For instance, when he healed the man at the pool of Bethesda, right? There's this guy laying there and there's this story of the angel coming to stir the water and Jesus goes and he heals that guy. Well, there's like a hundred people sitting around there who need healing. And Jesus only chose to heal that one guy. Right. And we read multiple times in the Gospels where Jesus did heal everybody. He healed the multitude. He healed everyone there and all that stuff. But on this one occasion, there was several people there who needed that, and he only chose to heal one guy. Mm -hmm. And so I think the way we have to approach anything that God does is that do we really trust him? Because the ultimate thing is we're following God's will. And if, if God wills for whatever to happen, then the idea is we have to trust in his process. So I can't go to God and question, you know, why did you save me? I'm saying, like, why did you offer me salvation? Why did you save me when probably there's somebody who was better qualified for that salvation? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the whole idea of the will of God, fully trusting in the will of God. And so if we trust the will of God, then when he chooses not to heal someone, then we have to understand that he has a purpose for that too, right? Because God receives glory out of all things. Mm -hmm. So even glory can come out of pain. Mm -hmm. And we've witnessed that, yeah. how God uses circumstances to reach other people. And maybe that would be my answer. Now, we don't know what the purpose God is using that answer of no for. You know, if he chooses not to, understand that in the grander scheme of things, he's got it all figured out, and we don't. Right. I heard the sermon the other day, and I don't remember who it was, who it was by. I've been listening to a lot of different guys' podcasts. But it was kind of on this topic, and, uh, and they talked about the importance of trusting and believing that, one, God has the ability to heal. Mm -hmm. That's important, that we as believers trust that God has the power to be able to heal people. Yeah. That we, should, we should believe that with all of our being. And then two, that he desires for us to be healed at some point. Now, that looks different. You know, at some, for some of us, it's not till heaven, right? We're going sure. to be healed permanently in heaven. Everybody is. Uh, and so ultimately, God will bring healing. But then three, like you said, Jesus is Lord. Yeah. Right. He's king and his will above all other things is what matters. Yeah. Paul even talked about his thorn in the flesh and people we people speculate on what that is, but mm -hmm. you know, he had this thing that, that he was asking for you know, remedy for, mm -hmm. you know, and, and he never had. And so there's there's this very important idea of trusting that that God is in control mm -hmm. and that his will is best for us, that he has our best interests in mind, even if he doesn't necessarily give us what our, what we want in that moment. We trust that, that his plan is best. Yeah, his ultimate plan, I would say, is the answer to that question. Is that, you know, who's who's in charge? 
Are we in charge or is, or, is, or is God in charge? And that's what I think is the most important thing for us to understand, even if it comes to healing. You know, to what end is our healing going to get us? And how can that glorify God? And if, and if it can't, then why do we seek it, in other words? Right. So uh, with the video yesterday, Brittany and Jose's testimony, uh, we've already seen God start to do things with that on you know, social media has been getting yeah. shared around like crazy. And, uh, and it's like, like you said, it's just evidence that God is still moves and is still doing the miraculous today. Mm-hmm. And so for, for those who may have been in the room yesterday or who are listening today, who are wondering, you know, they may be believers, they may not be believers, but, but they know that there's things in their life that need resurrection. Mm-hmm. Right. You said again, God has always been in the business of bringing dead things to life. So, Maybe someone's marriage is either on the verge of death or in their mind dead. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's um, their, their life lacks purpose right now and they just feel like they're just going through the motions and there's no life. Mm. Like, like you shared the scripture, uh, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, that, that Christ has come that you may have a life mm-hmm. and you may have it abundantly, right? That's, that's what, what God has, has come to offer us as believers for, for some people that may not be experiencing that in their life in certain areas, what, what would you say? Yeah, I would say that uh, there are absolutely times where our lives, whether that be our marriages or whether our spiritual, uh, you know, disciplines or whatever, just feel dead, right? Like, mm-hmm. like there's no end. I mean, you know, the divorce rate was like 50% within the church. Yeah. Why? Because people thought that their marriages were dead. Right. And there's this ne- necessity for resurrection and God has the power to do that. But it, in my opinion, it only comes through a total dependency on Jesus Christ. Right. Right? A total dependency. Meaning, I, I can't do anything to help my marriage on my own will. My wife can't do anything to help my marriage on, my, on her own will unless we have this total dependency on Jesus uh, for all aspects of life. Because what does that look like, right? If, if, I'm, if, if I'm doing some things that... I feel like I need to get done and to help my marriage there. There's also this selfish kind of uh, there's a selfish way of doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. I want things to work out for my end because of who I am and what I expect. Well, when we have a total dependency on Jesus, we put our, we, we, we get ourselves out of the way, right? We die to ourselves and then we live for Christ. And so when we do that, when we just let him kind of take over and, you know, have a total dependency on him because honestly speaking, he's the only one who can resurrect dead things. Mm-hmm. We don't have the power to do that. Right. So whether that's our marriage or whatever, we, we can't resurrect. We can't even resurrect ourselves. Right. So no amount of self help or patting yourself on the back or giving yourself all these pep talk quotes. That's not going to, that's not going to do it because you don't have the power to change yourself. Right. Only Christ can change you. And so a total dependency on him is, is, is my opinion on that. He, you know, if you're struggling like that, then the more we give him, the better it becomes for us. Right. The more we let go, the more we allow him to work in our life, he changes our heart and, and, and resurrects it in such a way that makes it better. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the story of the woman at the well, right? She's, mm-hmm. she's looking for resurrection. She's, she's experiencing this emptiness in life. And she's looking for resurrection in relationships. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's 
had multiple husbands and the guy that she's living with now is not her husband and she's she's looking for fulfillment in in life and all these other things and then Jesus tells her hey I have this water mm-hmm. that brings life and once you drink it you'll never be thirsty again yeah you're not going to hunger for anything ever again and so I think that that's absolutely true like our, our dependency has to be on Christ Christ said that over he said on the bread of life he starts talking about these illustrations to help us understand that he alone is what will sustain us in life. You know, yeah. we run to him for salvation, and then sometimes we feel like I'm going to deal with all these other things in life by myself. I'm going to deal with mm-hmm. my marriage by myself. I'm going to deal with raising my kids myself, and I'm going to deal with my job myself, and all these yeah. things. When he brought you spiritual life, he's going to bring you spiritual and emotional life even beyond just salvation. Like we should run to him for all things and find our, like you said, find our dependency on him and fulfillment in him because he alone can give that. Yeah, it becomes very scary, too. I think I've even uh, experienced that, that w- we don't know what it's like when we let go. Yeah. You know, I'm. we talk about all the time and joke about I'm the biggest control freak you'll ever meet. <laughs> I want to be in charge of everything. You know, I can't, I can't even let people lead sometimes, and it's bad because I want to control everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think I understand completely firsthand the idea of not wanting to let go because – you know, I feel sometimes if I let go and I can't control it, then I don't know the outcome. And it's just all these other anxious things begin to pile up. And so in our own lives, we get like that too, right? Like, let's say we've struggled financially before in our marriage. And it's the weirdest thing talking about giving and giving generously and stuff. You know, we've struggled before and, and then we feel convicted about not giving, you know, and and then and then Melissa and I will be like, we just got to give. Like that's all there is to it. Even though there's not enough, right? Mm-hmm. There's all these bills and there's everything that we have to pay, and and nothing's going to make up for that. And then taking more money out of that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. But it's weird how when you're faithful to that, it just it almost like it comes out of nowhere. You know, for some reason God makes it work, mm-hmm. and and we're He's able to sustain us, and everything works out at the end. And you can look back at those times and be like, "Wow, that was miraculous." Why? Because it was a total dependency on Him. Right. It was outside of my will to be able to go and do and create money out of whatever. You know, people play the lottery. People, and I'm not against right. that. I'm not saying that's a wrong thing. I'm just saying. When we've taken it out of God's hands to try to depend on our own strength and ability, we're going to fail every time. Yeah, 100%. You know, it, we can't resurrect ourselves like that yeah. but, because it's impossible. So total dependency on Christ in all aspects of life is what I would say is the answer to that question. Yeah, 100%. Um, so again, going on those same kind of long, along those same kind of lines, carrying on that thought of God always is, is always in the business and has always been in the business of bringing dead things to life. Um, you know, there's some people who've been going to their, going to church their whole life. I'm one of those been going to church my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I think for some people who have been going to church their whole life, it's kind of really easy to get caught up in the emotions of just doing church, right? Come to church on Sundays, go to Sunday school. You even like you, you even hang out with believers and surround yourself with all, all the right people. Um, but sometimes you just kind of get in this rut in your faith and in your walk with Christ. And you feel like, you know, what we saw Sunday was powerful. Yeah. We saw God move in someone's life and, and we saw that we saw them get baptized, but we didn't know their story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and hearing their story and the power of God to resurrect spiritually was, was just a huge impact. I could hear people crying all over the room. Yeah. 
and you know, I had to edit the video. And, it was a condensed and, story. And, yeah, I watched I watched the video uh, probably a hundred times, and every time it was an emotional experience mm-hmm. for me because it's a powerful story about God moving, and, and I think people are hungry for that. Yeah, I think people want that, but I do think that for some people who have who have been doing church for a really long time, kind of getting this rut, I think they're wondering how can I experience that? Like, how can I be a part of that? Mm. You know, how can I be a part of what God's doing in someone else's life? How can, how can I be used by God to be able to impact someone in the way that, that we saw in the video? Yeah. Like, we want God to use us. And, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago, like I have this hunger to see God use fellowship in a mighty way. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a lot of people within our church that want personally to experience that as well. So how would you say someone can, can see that 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 take place so talking about the video how powerful it was you know i had the a firsthand experience mm-hmm. front row seat to right. everything going on behind the scenes and like i said it was a condensed story i mean you know we had like 35 minutes yeah. of material right i had to get we wanted five minutes yeah, we're, it <laughs> then it was like minutes. seven and a half and it's like okay 10 minutes is what we got yeah because it was just so good but um I would say, you know, it takes more than one person, right? If you know the story, the details of Jose and Brittany's story, it took other people praying and planting those seeds. You know, he he made the mention in the video, I showed up at his doorstep, and how uh, the last person, the only person in the world who would have been able to reach him was the one at the door. All I was doing was reaping of the harvest that someone else had planted the seed. Yeah. You know, there were other people praying. There were people who had invited Brittany to church. And, you know, and I got to be the harvester, which is always, in my opinion, that's a fun part, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to plant the seeds right. and, and not see the thing grow. Right. I mean, right. you know, I don't have a green thumb to save my life. And so I've seen plenty of seeds that I plant, physically speaking, and they never come up. Right. But, and it feels like that in the Christian life too sometimes, right? Like we plant all these seeds and then we never lead anyone to Christ. We plant all these seeds and we never hear them say a sinner's prayer or whatever. And the planting part is just as important, if not more important than the harvesting part. Yeah. And and I think the the idea that we have we have to know all this stuff and that we have to, you know, be, you know, go to school for ministry before we can ever get to that point. You know, it's just it's not it's it's not logical because there's seed planters all over the place. Right. There's people who God uses in their everyday life uh, who he uses for the experience of that. But another thing I would say is um, being that I did have that front row seat and we connected with them and, and got to build that relationship was, you know, that first night when we went to their house and he, I never knew this until we made the video mm-hmm. that, that he was upset that she had invited us over. Yeah. I never knew that until we're watching or we recorded and, and I was like, what, you know, like you were upset that I was coming over. And, and, and my agenda that night was not to talk to him about Jesus was not to, I just wanted to be his friend. Right. You know, we, we went in and we had dinner and, you know, didn't talk anything spiritual. I just wanted to be his friend. And, uh, and Brittany being who she is. I mean, if you've been around Brittany at all, any amount of time, 
she wears everything on her sleeve. She's going to say what she's thinking. Yeah. And uh, when we first talked about her, them doing the testimony, right? It's like, don't give Brittany a microphone live. Let's record this thing because <laughs> it could turn into two hours, you yeah. know? And she's so sweet. That's that's her heart. Right. And so, she's excited about the guys that are alive. Very much so. Yeah. And so we're sitting at her house and, and she just blabs out. Like, I'm trying just to work with Jose in a real chill way and not push buttons. And she just was like, well, you know, Jose used to be Catholic and now he's an atheist. And so, I mean, what do you think about that? And she's like, throws him under the bus. All four of us, <laughs> all four of us are sitting there. Oh, and so he looks like he wants to hide under yeah. the couch. He's introvert, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, sure, let me answer that question. But, you know, the Holy Spirit has a funny way of working things. Because I was ready and willing to just go and build that relationship, become his friend, and then work it that way without ever saying, hey, what do you think about Jesus or anything like that, right? Sometimes that's the method you have to use. But the Holy Spirit used Brittany to jump in like that. And it started this little bitty conversation, the little seed planet about the Bible being a historical book. And, you know, he had some misconceptions about what the Bible actually was and religion but the turn of events after that, if we had not had that conversation, could have been so different, right? And so I would say to your question, to answer your question, right, like how do I do that? How do I allow God to use me that way? Like be somebody's friend. Be intentional, right? Be intentional about building that relationship, knowing that sometimes it's going to take a while, right? I yeah. watched this series, Walk Across the Room. You've seen that? It's like a small group series. Bill Highball, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And he talks about this friend, that they're a friend for seven years, best friends, before that guy ever surrendered to Jesus. Right. And I think sometimes we have to be willing to go that step, that whether it happens or doesn't happen, we're this person's genuine friend, and we pray for them, and we love them, and we show them who Jesus is through this relationship we build with them. Mm You know, I can even remember before Jose surrendered that Easter, we were getting close and I could feel, I could feel like God was moving on his heart and I so wanted to jump in, you know, and jump the gun and be like, man, are you ready? Are you ready to surrender to Jesus or whatever? But the Holy Spirit was holding me back like, no, don't do that yet. And it had to come on his own time. And so I would say just be somebody's friend, build that intentional relationship with the, with understanding that it might take a while. And that God can use you right. in that in yeah. that way. I've experienced the same thing. We got some friends that we treasure hunted with and we were doing treasure hunt. We treasure hunted with them for like almost two years yeah. before we had the opportunity to be able to have the spiritual conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they put their faith and trust in Christ. And that being able to really being able to be on both sides of it, plant the seed and then see the yes. the harvest man. But that's that's exciting to be part of that. But you're right, it takes intentionality. It takes you know, and it takes persistence too. Like, don't just give up. Continue right. to be their friends. So, you know, a lot of people put this wall up, and they're weirded out by people trying to be their friends at first. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes time, and, and you got to you got to really invest yourself in that. And, and you know, in the video, he, he even says that one of the things that proved to him that God was real was how people loved him. Yes, how the church came around him and rallied around him in his time of, of mourning, yep. and loved him in that. And I think that's that's huge. If you want to see God use you. Mm-hmm. It's like we've been saying, love God, love people. And the product of that is going to be God working and moving. Yeah. It, 
you know, we have this, I used to have this, I say we, but we, I had this thought process a long time ago. Like, um, it's just not something we'll see all the time. Mm -hmm. God moving, God resurrecting people's spiritual lives. And, uh, but it's because I wasn't putting in the work either. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I wasn't building relationships. I wasn't getting connected like that. And until I did is when I then saw it happen. Right. And so I would say, you know, if you've been going to church for a long time and you just kind of been, uh, you, you're wondering why you've never experienced God move in this way, you know, we have to move too, right? right. Yeah. Jesus has commanded us to go. And right. if we never go, we'll never experience what God has for us in, in, when we get there. Right. And so uh, I, think, I think that would be the most important part. Your very first step, find somebody you can make friends with whether you're a coworker or somebody you go to school with or whatever, a family member, right. you know, hang out as much as you can with them just to genuinely hang out. Yeah. And through that process, you're, if you have been changed by Jesus Christ, they're going to see it. Yeah. They're going to see it. And then they're going to say, man, let me ask you a question. You're like at church. Every time the doors are open, you pray and you do these Bible studies. What is that all about? Right. And there's your open door to be able to, allow God to use you to then share the gospel with these people. Right, right. I think it's great. Um, well, I think we're right about time. I think it was, a, again, it was a great sermon. It was a great day. It was a good day. And uh, I'm excited about this Sunday. We're going to kind of wrap this series up. And uh, I'm excited to present that sermon this Sunday and uh, be able to kind of focus on the, the latter part of that text, mm -hmm. and uh, which, which is kind of like we're talking about, this harvest, this fruit. That, that comes along with this kind of church that we've been studying. Yeah. And so I'm excited about uh, being able to talk about that. So make sure that you're here this Sunday. Uh, bring your friends. And, uh, Absolutely. And, and, and if you haven't been in a while, if you, you know, you've been used to come to fellowship, you're a member of fellowship, you haven't been in a while, uh, come, come hang out. There's definitely, God is moving in fellowship and, and he's doing stuff here. And so we're excited to be part of that. Excited to be used by God and uh, excited for what, what God has for the future here. Amen. I'm excited too. Let's get it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you guys have a good day. Thank you so much for listening today. And we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.